Frank, 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 Frank. I, I swear <laughs> as developers that have been developing for these devices for the last decade plus, <laughs> there seems to always be a problem, Frank. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is the terrible life of a software developer. We are creating problems for ourselves and dealing with other problems software developers created for us. <laughs> it's never ending, James. It's never ending. It's never ending because things continue to move and new APIs continue to emerge. Now, Frank, we talked on the very, very long-winded podcast about <laughs> in-app subscriptions, how there's a new, a beautiful, a spectacular, <laughs> and elegant API for making purchases with iOS, but it's only available on iOS 15 and only in Swift. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy, huh? Um, okay, the it's only available on iOS 15. That is classic Apple. Uh, they do not support old operating systems. So I think we've all gotten used to that. But I feel bad. I kind of wish Apple had a different policy because speaking as app developers, it takes us years to adopt new features because it's just not worth breaking compatibility with old features. Uh, old platforms. Lots of people are stuck with old devices and they're stuck at certain operating system versions and we don't want to drop support for those users. Uh, the, the, the Swift only, now that's a shock. That's, <laughs> that's a whole different ballgame. Um, that is a strange of them because I was kind of digging the wonderful world that we had going on there with everything was still written in an Objective-C. Uh, I'm a little worried for like Xamarin support and all that, but uh, fortunately, the old API is still working, so I'll keep using that, I guess. Yeah, so that's the thing I really wanted to talk about today is, you know, for all the complaints that I've had over the years of Android and the Android support libraries, which are mm -hmm. terrible, <laughs> they do one thing very nice, which is as uh, Google adds new APIs into the Android operating system. They create compatibility libraries, which are what you're basically always going to use that will <laughs> use the new stuff automatically for you on the new platforms and the older stuff on the older platforms. And that is quite nice. However, in the world of Apple, as we have talked about, that does not seem to be the case. Now, this isn't an issue, right? When it's a new API, you know, you know, over the decade plus that we've been building applications, there's always new APIs. And I'm mm -hmm. not complaining, Frank, about new APIs They're that are best. only available, right? That's fine. I love them. I, I love, honestly, they give you a little bit of freedom too, because if the API is only supported on the new OS, you're like, oh, it's Greenfield then. The, the, yeah. the app is going to require the newest version of the OS. I can use all the newest APIs. I actually kind of love it when Apple gives us the excuse to do that. Um, like iCircuit3D, the, the very first time I saw SceneKit, I was like, oh, I want to do a 3D app. <laughs> you know, I, I got to do some nice 3D apps with this thing. But it still took me years uh, to actually finish it. But uh, it, it's still inspirational. You know, it can really inspire you. Yeah. And, and I am, like I said, a huge proponent because those give you the opportunities to either, you know, add some really unique functionality into your application that didn't exist before. And, and that might exist in like an, like let's say an AR VR space or some 3d rendering. And it could be like a nice complement to your existing app, or maybe it is your entire new app. 
The problem I have, Frank, <laughs> is when there is a brand new API in which you're supposed to use because it's so elegant, so beautiful, just like absolutely delightful to use, but then you can't use it because <laughs> you're going to have two implementations of the same thing. Do I want to not only support, Frank, like all of in-app billing for all of Android, all of Windows, and two versions for iOS? Right. <laughs> that seems very problematic. Am I wrong? <laughs> it's, um, you know, you're not supposed to use table view anymore, James. You're supposed to use c- collection view in no. list mode. No. I know. And it's Never. Uh, already at that point, I'm just like, no, no, no two ways to do one thing. One way to do one thing. If I want rows, I'm going to use a table view. Um, but it, it's that but worse. It's that but worse. Uh, this is really hitting home with me. I recently discovered, James, are you aware of how many neural network libraries there are on Apple's platforms now? Let me first say, good problem to have. There are neural network libraries on Apple's platforms, but James, guess how many there are? Well, you know, I'm assuming that Apple crafted an extremely elegant single API that really handles everything. And then they just sort of, you know, added new functionality to that existing API. So like you could just, you know, spice it up uh, on occasion to take advantage of some new operating system or hardware capabilities. So, you know, knowing Apple, from everything I just said for the last five minutes, I'm going to assume there's a single, beautiful, elegant API that you can just train and really just hammer home on neural networking on uh, on iOS and, yeah. and um, devices. Yeah, yeah. like, like a, a beautiful little seed. Mm-hmm. Maybe version one's got some little rough edges, but you know, version two, you polish those edges a little bit, add some features, all of a sudden a stem is coming out, you're getting a plant, beautiful things, you're really adding on to it. That's not how they did it. Mm. It seems to be <laughs> that every time they want to make a fix to their library, they create a new library. <laughs> that just... It's terrible. It's terrible. No, it's wonderful. I love that there are multiple neural network libraries on here, but they did not do what you said. Um, they did not do a beautiful core that they have built on. So they started with Metal Performance Shaders, uh, this pretty low-level API that was really GPU-focused. It honestly didn't have a lot of standard neural network features and everything, but it was a good foundation, you know, something upon which you could build, James, you know, build a beautiful plant thing, plant mm-hmm. mansion on top of. But no, uh, they then implemented another version of the library, but this time for the CPU. You're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Maybe I don't want to use the GPU all the time, even though that doesn't make sense. It's neural network stuff. Of course I want to use the GPU. But okay, we, we need a CPU library too. Okay, that's fine. And then they came out with another library. Or, I'm sorry, and then they came out with CoreML. Okay, mm. CoreML, wonderful library. We all need a new model format, and that's the one people like to use. But then they decided, let's make CoreML trainable. Okay, now you've turned it into a whole neural network library. And then they released another neural network library called ML Compute, MLC neural network library. So we're up to four, James. Uh, The ML Compute one is very fascinating because it combines the low-level metal GPU one with that CPU one. So you can mix and match. So you can, you know, with the same API, you can use both things. That's a good abstraction. This is a good foundation upon which to build really good stuff, right? Right? Well, 
Yes. 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 Maybe. No, James, you're oh. wrong. You're wrong. You oh. got to start over again. <laughs> so introducing, and this is, this is everything. I just wanted to say this on the stream. I'm so overwhelmed by this. There is a fifth neural network library now on iOS and somehow WWDC happened and I, maybe I just blocked it from my memory, but how did I miss this? And it's called, it's still in metal performance shaders. So it's still, um, it's still very GPU focused, but it's called MPS graph and it's a beautiful API, James. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But over the last two years, I've written tons of code in the old APIs, tons I don't am 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 I supposed to convert over to this one because it's newer, and and I'm starting to get the feelings that like they're not supporting the old ones. Which one will they support? If you have five libraries, you can't. Your teams are too thin, right? You're a PM, like only you can only work on one or two of those at a time. So how do I guess which one they're working on? Help me, James. Help me. Uh, that's a great question. Now I will say this much. Um, the metal performance shaders, which have been around for a long time, we talked about this. They support iOS, iPad OS, Mac OS, TVOS, Mac Catalyst. Um, these MPS graphs, I think, are only iOS and iPad OS, correct? Oh, is that right? Not Mac supported? Well, then you answered my question. No, uh, Mac OS 11, Mac Catalyst 14. Oh, it's everywhere. Okay. TVOS. Oh, I'm on the train and neural network thing it, oh here we go i'm on the wrong yeah oh, here it's it very I'm confusing on the wrong thing. I, Got it. everyone let me tell you this this is a very confusing one the old metal performance shaders neural network library was called mps nn graph metal ah. performance shaders mps nn neural network graph because we like graphs yes um the new library is called MPS graph, <laughs> metal oh. performance shaders graph, not to be confused with NN graph, which is the old tech, throw it out. No, this is what, this is what annoys me is I had just created, these libraries aren't easy to use everyone. They're, they're, they're tricky. So I created a wrapper library called metal tensors just to make my life easier because the APIs were just too hard to use. And I finally got that library working well. This is this is like your in-app purchase library, James. I finally got that library working good. Am I supposed to convert it over to this new thing? Because this new thing has so many more features than yeah. the API I'm using has. So many. This, this is one of those weird ones where, you know, the metal performance shaders, they support iOS 9 plus, and this one is iOS 14 plus. 14. Yeah. So this really ends up becoming one of those cases which is new applications get metal performance shaders and old app graph and the old ones don't i guess or it's, or it's, you're or you're just gonna have to wait you're gonna be like okay i'm gonna wait another year and then that year i'm gonna convert it and then what they do frank is they have metal performance shaders graph plus and that's it. only <laughs> ios 16 plus stop and it. then you're really in a conundrum <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I just want to make a complaint here. It's too much to learn. Yeah, the, these libraries are not small. It's taken me two years to really wrap my head around two of their neural network libraries, and I don't know what they expect out of us. Like, um, I fine, I can learn yet another API, but are they actually like, is your joke going to come true? Will they change the API again? Will I have to devote myself to it? What I worry about is I can't get good 
at these APIs if they're constantly churning. I am really good at Win32 programming. I am really good at AppKit programming. I'm really good at UIKit programming because they have been stable for well over 10 and 20 years, you know? If the API changes every year or two, no one can get good at it. No one can learn the ins and outs of it. I don't know why I'm just complaining. I'm complaining to you. PMs, stop making new libraries. <laughs> well, you know, we we last week we talked about .NET 7 and C Sharp 11, all this other stuff. And uh, it is hard, right? It's, it's as the world turns and as application development and software development continues to, to churn, you know, these things continue to get in, in an advanced mature state, right? You know, when we were in the state early on, this is, I'm putting on my old, old, <laughs> old app developer hat nice. back in my day. Love that hat. iOS 30, I had 320 pixels by 480 <laughs> and I hard coded every single value. Let me tell you, um, it, now, was, enough. <laughs> it was all you needed. <laughs> um, now that being said, the, it is complex, right? Because it, it, it makes it harder in the situations where you have mature app models and then where, 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 Hey, like I have this application. It's been going great for a long time. And now at this point, am I spending the year, you know, we, we get into the beta summers, right? And then guess what, Frank, they're coming up. Stop it. And the hope, right? The hope of the beta summers is please Apple, please Google, Please, Microsoft, please don't change anything. Like, can you just not change anything? Because that would be great. The additive. <laughs> additive is good. We all like additions. True. We don't like removals. Removals are what Correct. make life hard and sad. But when you have five machine learning libraries and neural <laughs> network libraries, they're like, okay, I got to be on the, like, am I actually rewriting this? Because I think something's coming down the pipe. It, but, okay. In fairness, I do kind of wish they would deprecate one. Yeah. Which like they deprecate, deprecate MPS and NGraph. Like it freaks me out that they didn't when they have this other one that's superior in basically every way. Yeah. I th- well, that and that's the thing is, will it be coming because they need, is it N minus two? Is it N minus three when they announce <laughs> iOS 16? There's that. But I think the problem is, it, it, here's the other problem. It makes it really confusing for new people on the platform. What do I use? Yeah. I don't, if someone came to me and said, I want to do a neural network on iOS, I'd just smile and not say anything and make casual conversation about the weather. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's that, but it's also like, imagine I'm not trying to be an app developer. Maybe I have on my data scientist hat. I just Mm want to run some neural network experiments. You know, I just want to play around and see what's possible. I want to play with some of these functions. I want to try to train this thing. You can't write code easily like that um, unless you really know it, unless it's it's really baked into your head. And so you'll see data scientists out there who know only one neural network library. It's usually Torch, or they only know a TensorFlow. And that is common. And then they teach their students that their students only know one. They teach, you know, and it is that shop. They use that library. Mm -hmm. And that's why I find it absolutely hilarious that Apple has the call to have five. It's like, uh, okay, (laughs) there are people who won't learn more than one. And you've already introduced five. So there's just that cognitive burden. You just can't have fun with it unless it's mature. It's true. And then it also makes it a little bit complicated in the other fact, which is like, okay, like, now I don't really know exactly what I should use. Should I go use this other thing because there's like one option, right? Yeah. Like you're talking about, like, oh, do I just go use Torch, for example? 
So I guess like the engineering answer to that question is use the one that minimally supports your problem and that is efficient. And that's honestly good enough for engineering. Like if I was a proper engineer, my boss gave me a spec and said, this is what the app has to do. I would look at the different libraries, see which one does it, see which one looks easiest, and I would pick which API. But for someone more like me who likes to explore solution spaces, i.e. writes a billion different random apps constantly, mm-hmm. um, it's a pain in the butt because I don't get good at one or the other. Yeah, that's, that's true. It, it is trying to become an expert in in these specific fields, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, we have, we have the added, you know, complexity that we're also not only writing things for a uh, an, an Apple or a Google platform, but then we're also doing it in not the native <laughs> language for that platform right. uh, on top of it. So there's actually, you know, the the fun fact of being a .NET developer, right? And, and building things in, in .NET is that you actually have two options, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do you want to make an HTTP call? Do you want to do it in in the, yeah. in, the in the Swift, a, in the in the Objective-C APIs, or do you want to do it in the .NET APIs? Well, you always want to do it in the .NET APIs, yeah. but you know you do have those options, right? And those are the the things that can can get a little complicated over time. But even just for me, trying to keep up with things that are happening in the .NET world are are really exciting. Like I, I don't want to belittle the fact that like Apple coming out with yet another thing is like not exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or .NET seven is very exciting. I'm I'm super excited. But I feel as though the tools are the things that need to help us get there. And, and, and here's what I mean. So C Sharp uh, 10 comes out, has one of my favorite features of uh, file scoped namespaces, Frank. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. it. I've been using them. I feel a little bit awkward of where the usings go now, oddly enough. Do you mm. put your usings before or after? I know you probably global using everything, but let's say for the one-off usings. <laughs> above, 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 always above. Okay, yeah. okay. You're you're keeping that order. Do they enforce I'm that? I'm not. I'm not yeah. an animal. No, no, okay. they don't enforce that. No, because there are some people that like to put their using statements like yeah. inside of it. I'm like, I don't know. Who, well, what are you doing? If for no other reason, consistency. It starts to look like F sharp also, and in F sharp, oh. you would put the namespace at the very top, and then your usings next. No, I, I mean that probably actually makes the most sense. To be honest with you, maybe maybe I should do no I usings at the top, <laughs> usings at the top. But, but I here's agree. I agree. <laughs> they're, they're, they're here, great. <laughs> but here's one thing: I opened up Visual Studio, and when 2022 came out, the 17.0, the very first release, it would give you a little uh, light bulb and say, "Hey, did you know mm-hmm. that you could um, turn this into a, a file scoped namespace?" And I'm like, "Oh, let's do that, right?" And then it it fixes the code for you. Now though, Frank, I know this feature. Like I already, I know that this thing exists. Yeah. So now what they've done in 17.1, or maybe 17, whatever version of the new update of Visual Studio, at least on Windows. Okay. You can go to your namespace. Let's say it's not updated yet, right? You're updating some old code or you add a new class and it's not updated for some reason. You can do, let's say it's, let's say it's namespace Frank, right? And then squiggly. That's namespace ever. You can do namespace Frank. You add the semicolon at the end, and it fixes the code for you automatically. Oh, like even without removing the curly? 
Yeah, it does it for you automatically. There's no light. It, the light bulb's still there. Love but it. if you just put the semicolon, you're like, hey, Visual Studio, I know what I'm about to do. It's like, <laughs> hey, I'm smarter than you. I'm going to remove the code and, and, and de-indent your code for you automatically. The tool taught me the new feature with the light bulb. Yeah. And then once I knew the new feature, it was able to do that, right? So in the world of this new API, the tooling, right, uh, needs know. to be like, hey, did you know, I see that you're, I see, I, I, it's like, Frank, it's like, imagine there's a little like Apple clippy in there in <laughs> yeah. Xcode. And it's like, well. <laughs> no, this is gonna be great this is a great analogy i i, I got it i got it yeah keep hey, going frank i see you're building a neural network yeah <laughs> did you know that you can use this new api in fact let me upgrade your code for you to this new api automatically it's going to make your neural network so much better thanks tim apple thanks tim apple you did it you know what i mean like imagine okay, yeah, that was yeah, like okay. a workflow that'd be cool <laughs> I have a few arguments for and against. Um, Yes, in general, I agree with you. Wouldn't that be a wonderful world? Um, I had the weirdest bug. You always initialize your neural networks with uniform weights. They take on uniform values. But it turns out if you don't do this very special kind of uniform initialization called Glorow initialization, nothing works. Do you know how many people talk about that on the internet? Zero. Zero. (laughs) Yeah. I found it because I looked through the source code of every other neural network library. I'm like, huh, there's a pattern here. They're all doing the same thing. Um, uh, geez, I just lost where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> what, where, were, where were you going, James? <laughs> uh, I was going uh, on, the, on the code that auto helps you upgrade your stuff, but I'm assuming... You're saying, hey, James, guess what? Neural networks no, are so okay. complex and I'm so no, smart that no, okay. there's no way that anyone could upgrade my code for me automatically. <sighs> okay, I was going to say that. You, you know mm-hmm. me too well. But I, I was going to phrase it differently. I oh. was going to phrase it in those analyzers are hard to write. And it almost becomes easier to fix your API rather than write the analyzer. It was a really cool ambition. I love the Rosalind team, how easy they made it to write analyzers. So... Possibly, yeah. Every library that comes out could come with a bunch of Roslyn analyzers with it. But uh, in practice, <laughs> writing those is quite a bit of work. And I'd almost rather people just fix their APIs to make the APIs a little more obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the, the solution is kind of to wrap it. Right. So I wrote my own library, Metal Tensors. And although it's not a cross-platform library, it does abstract away from the actual Apple library just because of its APIs. In fact, it's so abstracted that I even could move it to different uh, libraries, different Apple libraries themselves, Mm. which even constantly gets me to thinking, maybe I should be looking more into the .NET cross-platform libraries. In .NET, we have ml.net the onyx library and we have diff sharp and there's some other good ones out there and i'm just completely blanking on the name but there are some really uh, nice nougats out there the problem i always run into is they don't work with like apple hardware but sometimes i think what i really should be devoting my efforts to is writing like backends for those and then at least at least that would provide the buffer from the changing APIs of Apple, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always tricky. I think that, you know, writing abstractions around anything is like good or bad. I've, and, and as things upgrade to, I think it's good and bad. Like I struggle sometimes, especially with, um, 
you know, especially with the in-app billing library, for example, is when the API changes and then your abstraction doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leaky abstraction, I think Joel Spolsky used to say. It, yeah. it, it's, it's really hard. Now, in your case, right, you're, you would be abstracting into a helper helper class libraries for just like the the one API. But imagine that you also were trying to do this for Android, right? That would be a very complicated much different uh, thing to abstract. And and that's sort of the case with the in-app billing is like all the platforms have very similar features, but the API to do them are all extremely difficult mm-hmm. and and different and they all have different quirks to them, right? Yeah. Um like we we discuss right oh on on apple it returns you all of the past purchases on android <laughs> it's like only the active one you're like oh okay like come on now you know what i mean <laughs> and 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 you know there's a whole companies that do, do that stuff so the the other, then the next question becomes is there is someone out there that's built a library on top of this thing that would up update where necessary you know, for you. So you didn't have to maintain the abstraction. Is there someone out there that also wants to maintain the abstraction? Because here, right, you would, you would basically need to have your abstraction. Here's why you need the abstraction here is because you need to say, if on iOS 14, use this API, if not use this old one, because how how long are you going to support iOS, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, another few years, I guess. Well, honestly, my in this particular case, my hesitation isn't even around the version numbers because I don't even have anything released using mm. these APIs. So I'm clear. My grumpiness is it took me two years to learn one API, and now they've created a better one. That's my grumpiness. So I, I got a feeling I am just being a little too grumpy. Yeah. But I, I am, I'm, when you said um, the abstraction to support cross-platform, it was occurring to me, it's roughly the same amount of work. If I wanted to support, say, all five of Apple's APIs under one library, that would be dumb. I would never do that. <laughs> but it would be roughly the same amount of work because everything that you said, they all have quirks. They all do things in different ways. You know, that all applies to even these APIs within the one system. Uh, but yeah, that makes me think... The proper way to go is probably probably keep with the abstraction, but definitely look more toward the cross-platform because if I'm bother if I'm gonna bother to do the effort of an abstraction, you might as well get some benefits of it, yeah. right? Not be stuck yeah. on one platform. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. And uh, how do we hard just could com- Android be? That's easy, right? <laughs> They, yeah, good they, luck with that. <laughs> they probably have a support library for two different neural network libraries. That's oh. a great question. I actually, what's the Google um, TensorFlow? I think they run TensorFlow Lite on mm-hmm, the phone, yes. but I'm not a million percent sure. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, that's what they do. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I don't know if they have other machine learning. I don't. I'm not positive. Well, I'm you sure know, they must because they must. Oh, dang. Because, you know, they also started introducing like neural cores in into their phones in the last yeah. few years. And and that's what I, you know, here's the I think that the also probably the, the interesting part of these APIs is that as the hardware as the hardware changed, the APIs also changed. Like, I think that yeah. they almost were like, oh, like if we do this hardware thing, then, you know, where we can take advantage of this new hardware because we know it's going to be on X platforms or whatever and and do a thing and they need to change it. But it's still still not great for developers. 
Yeah, like I remember when Apple adopted Metal, Android adopted Vulkan as their mm. GPU library. And I'm not sure if there are neural network Vulkan libraries or they just wrote something totally separate. Google's a little interesting because they love to sell their cloud computing. <laughs> so they always want you using their cloud TPUs to do that kind of stuff. But yeah. I think they finally saw the smarts and having a, a fast processor on the device also. Yeah. So did we just decide since Apple broke me, it's like the straw on the camel's back, like the fifth API, you broke me. Now I'm going to write a cross-platform library. <laughs> I believe so. I believe that that is your beta summer. Oh, no. What if they come out with a sixth? Then what would I do? <laughs> oh, man. I don't give up. Uh, I, you know what? I All I want to see, this this would be my great dream, is to see them add to any one of those libraries just show yeah. me that they think there's life in one of those libraries you know yeah because i just want to know which one i should be learning honestly yeah. too so signs of life give it to me apple yeah come on apple uh well you know i don't know what i'm going to do with the in-app purchase stuff yet because i can't do anything with it because yeah it's that's swift a only, tricky so. one swift yeah. only i hope but, that's not a portent well, but they thinking, don't do that anymore. Yeah, no, I think that's a new norm. But thinking of this, like even if I was doing, let's say I had a Swift app, I, I don't I don't even think I, I wouldn't upgrade, right? It has to be like I'm creating a new application that's only iOS 15 plus, which is like <sighs> inappropriate. That's a tall order. I, th they have great adoption, but that's what you're dropping probably 20 percent, 25 percent. iOS adoption. Adop There's a website. It's called. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nope. I nope. thought I was going to get a, a cool, a good, I thought I was going to get a good website. There's like one that's out yeah. there. Um, well, every uh, market's different too. I've noticed even between my apps, my user's device uh, distribution is a little different. That's true. I think I still support iOS 9 because somebody <laughs> wanted me to. I circuit still is on iOS 9, but I desperately want to up that to iOS 11. Yeah. Oh, Apple, you know, they have a they have an app store, developer.apple.com slash support slash app dash store. Um, actually, no, iOS 15 is only 72%. Uh, wow, now, so now you're they, listening, yeah. 28 loss. Yeah. yeah. They do say here, though, that now that's just for iPhone. For all devices, it's 63%, 30% 30 on 14 and 7% earlier. Um, yeah, I think iOS 14 and 15, I mean, it's not bad. But it depends, right? If you look at it like um, iPad OS, I think is the, is is the harder one. Uh, yeah, because iPads aren't turned over as much as iPhones. Exactly. Yeah. 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 iPad too. Ugh. Um, <laughs> For the rest of our lives, James will be programming the iPad too. <laughs> I, I think right now iOS 13 Plus would be t totally fine, and then so maybe this fall, right? six plus but then here's the thing that happened to me is i had this one user and it's like hey yeah. you know they're like is there any reason why and like i was like no there's not a reason why i don't just you know so i was like i was like okay i'll put you on test flight and they're like <laughs> ios 9 doesn't get test flight and i'm like oh, oh my god <laughs> um, i was like all right i said i'm just gonna push it out and godspeed I, I, I feel like at this point ios 9 is pushing it um yeah iOS 13, I think, is a very comfortable place, especially if it's a new app. I don't yeah. know if I'd have the guts to go 14, 15 on a new app. Yeah. And but, minus um, two. Yeah, classic. 
Yeah. Um, but I'm probably going to do 11 for iCircuit just because there are a lot of old iPads out there, turns out. There are. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up this week's podcast. It's a short and sweet one this week. Um, however, um, we are slowly, Frank, I don't know if you have gone to our website recently. Well, but I do everything a, slowly. There's a number that keeps moving up on the website. Do you know what that is? Mm, number of beanie babies we own no it is the number of podcasts that we've recorded frank oh at, clever <laughs> every week it goes up by one we're at 295 295 four five five five, five. uh so that so that means we have a few weeks left now we are going to do frank doesn't know this but we're going to do a special celebration um uh, upcoming for you're going to be, it's going to be live. It's going to happen. It's going to happen live on YouTube. It's going to be great. And we are going to, um, take questions live. We're going to oh. slice in some videos. If you want to send in some videos, uh, I'm going to repeat this Ooh. basically at the end, you can send us a 30 second clip, either asking a question, telling a cool story, maybe something inspired you. What was your I favorite podcast? Everyone do uh, this. I hope everyone, everyone sends in a million of these. This will be fun. You can, you can go to our website and there is a contact button and you can send it in. Just give us a, you know, a link to a private YouTube or to a, a Dropbox link or OneDrive or Google Drive, whatever you got. Right. Just give us a link to a you know random file on the Internet. That's not safe. <laughs> um, give it. Don't put it in a zip file. Don't put it in a zip folder or a raw file. Don't be that person. <laughs> But if you up like, especially on Google Drive, if you upload a video, it shows you the videos. It's very safe. Okay. But anyways, if you do that, we can then we'll we'll use StreamYard and we'll we're gonna do a stream and we'll play back. We're gonna pick pick our favorite. You you're know, you're gonna edit a video or you're gonna try to live DJ this thing. I'm gonna live DJ it, Frank. Oh wicka, boy! Wicka, boom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this should be amazing, everyone. I'm excited. And and this will be different than our previous live streams that we've done, where we've kind of just recorded the podcast live. We're actually gonna be real interactive. It's gonna be a real fun one. Um, and then your topics. So if you got topics you want us to cover, you got 30 seconds, 30 seconds, send us a 30 second clip name, whatever you want to do, shout it out and, and we'll edit it. Um, and we'll put it in there and it'll, and it'll go up on YouTube later. So if you do a video, your video will be visible. Frank, what do you think of that? Uh, sounds wonderful. Have you done the math to figure out roughly when this is? Um, okay. So five ish weeks. <laughs> so everyone, you have a little bit of time to prepare your videos, but no procrastination. Yep. I'm very excited for this. It'll be merge conflict live. It's the first time I'm hearing about it, but I'm excited. We'll probably record it, um, before April. So the last week of March. So we'll probably record it the 29th or the 30th of March. Um, I will lock down the date. Um, mm -hmm. Um, in there and we will get it done so stay tuned but yes there is a contact button at mergeconflict.fm like all the other things that are over there like all the podcasts the patreon the discord the subscribe button the all the things head over there but that's gonna do it for this week's podcast so until next week i'm james montemagno and i'm frank krueger thanks for listening peace peace